One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ Podcast. We're on episode 64. Some joke about the Nintendo 64. We've we've actually... Oh, fuck, there was so much potential there, you fucked... Oh, God, I didn't even think of that. 64-bit, Nintendo 64. I've been in a very, like, retro game kind of mood the last few... Yeah. Last few weeks. Um, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy X. Anyway, um, which is not an N64 game. Whenever I think of 64-bit, I just get the Tetris music in my head. Okay, let's not get off topic yeah. right off the beginning. Sorry. <laughs> Although, that being said, compared to last week where we were overflowing with things to talk about, this week we barely have anything. Um, so, you know, sit back, relax. This is going to be a more chill episode, a much more free form. Let's just talk about random shit. Um, speaking of which, you had uh, our first topic here. Well, we were going to talk about um, etiquette online. Um, how players interact with each other, how they supposedly are are meant to interact with each other based on what uh, the general player base thinks, and how, more realistically, people do act. Hmm. Um, And I like to take this a little bit further than just gaming. I I feel like once we address the game piece right off the bat, I think we can take this further into just, you know, online communication etiquette in general. Mm. Yeah, so the the first thing that I I always go back to think about was that um I remember once on Hots, I think it was, we were talking about, you know, putting GG at the end is always just good practice. Because yeah. I mean the end we can't even see it, but it's it's even if you lose, it shows that you're not like a basically a child. Yeah, and I've, if you put good game. And I've talked about the same thing with Starcraft, although in Starcraft yeah. it's considered ext- in extremely poor taste if you're winning a game and you say GG before your opponent does, because it's taken as you're rubbing it in his face. It's like, ah, fuck you, I won. That's assuming you won, by the way. Yeah, yeah. That's like I said, if you're winning, you do that. Yeah. Um, but, like, I, I've been I've been back on a payday kick recently after Kaiser's thing. Uh, and, oh, that video's not out yet. No, it's not. But, well, um, <laughs> so just, we can talk about that, plug this a little bit. <laughs> Just recently, the video where Blue played StarCraft 2, and I judged him on it, went out um, just this week. And now, I it was my turn. So I played um, Payday 2, uh, a game that Blue's pumped thousands of hours into. And I tried it, and he judged me. I haven't seen what happened yet. Although I did talk to him after you know after he had finished watching, and we discussed. Yeah. But, but yes, yeah, so that's why I've been playing a lot more Payday 2 at the moment. And... This is a, it's not been happening as much recently, but I guess that's because it's it's kind of a rare occurrence that stands out so much more to me. Uh, I joined a game and instantly got kicked. Now, if you're using any kind of mods, I understand that, because a lot of people don't like playing with people who, in their eyes, are cheating. We'll actually address this later, but um, mm. I, I know I certainly have it, so if you have mods that are not licensed by the game company, then I have it so it auto-kicks people. But I mean, I actually got into the game, and the person went through menus, clicked on me to kick me. Now, that should never happen. Because the leader of the lobby, who is the one that kicks people, can set rules on their lobby. So if they just want a private game with just their friends, they can set it to private, and I will never see that game to be able to join it. Hmm. Uh, if they want people of a certain um, level requirement, 
to join the game, they can do that too in iterations of 10. Um, so there's really no excuse for this kind of... It, it just wastes people's time and it annoys the f*** out of me. What if the uh, excuse is they're not as experienced in the game, they didn't set up the lobby right, and then they only realized it once you joined? This person was like Prestige 5. Oh, okay. I don't know Granted, I'm Prestige 49, but... Uh, that means you've got he's level essentially 500 and something. Oh, it's just like Call of Duty where you, you get to the highest level and you reset and do it again. Yeah, yeah, so every 100 levels you can prestige and go back to 1. Yeah, I gotcha. Um, yeah, it's just it's just annoying. And um, you get similar things like these in, in lots of games where it's not difficult. Again, you get it in Final Fantasy um, sometimes. And just a whole bunch of games, and that's why I wanted to bring it up, really, on the, the podcast. Is there any particular etiquette things that you find annoying with games? I mean, the, the kicking thing, I guess that just doesn't bother me, because that was just... The only game I really played a lot of that had that ability was Halo. Um, particularly the older ones, custom games, like Halo 2. I mean, that People would just do that for no reason. They'd just be like, oh, fuck, I don't like your face, and then you get booted. What about CSGO, though? Was CSGO worse? Because, believe me, a lot of people got kicked on CSGO. <clears throat> yeah, for the slightest reasons. That's also... Oh, you're talking about... Yeah, because you can vote kick people. Yeah, and that happened a lot. Especially if there were multiple people in one group who were just being trolls. Yeah, but I I think this is this is my, my point. A lot of competitive shooters, and I used Halo. Halo wasn't nearly that bad, but... Um, yeah, I feel like in a lot of competitive shooters, they just tend to be more toxic in general. Because people are more, I don't know, angry as a rule. <laughs> <laughs> angry people play first-person shooters. Um, I don't know. It kind of goes hand-in-hand, hand, I always found, with um, people being super easy to hit the surrender button. The surrender button and the kick button are like side-by-side side, and in, in any game. And so if people if people don't let you surrender, they will try and vote kick. Like, I know this happened in CSGO a lot. Yeah. Like, if you weren't hitting the surrender button, they would try... Because then everyone else on the team wants to surrender, but you don't want to surrender because, you know... You want to play the game? I want to play the game. That's what I'm here to do. We're not even that far behind. There have been times where I've been... My team has been in the lead, and they have voted to surrender. Yeah, I don't... Well, And I've, so everyone just kicks you and then surrenders. I've made my opinion abundantly clear on this particular topic. I hate surrendering in competitive games. Absolutely mm. hate it. I um, think it's a necessity sometimes, but I think people abuse it oh, way too much. Absolutely abused. Um, yeah. Like the moment you start losing rounds. Uh, again, I think in um, Valorant, I was particularly abused in that one. Well, yeah, that's a riot game. I kind of assume, I was used to that because in league, people people want to surrender over nothing. It's like, oh, the game is tied at fifteen minutes. Let's surrender early. Like, yeah, what's wrong um, with you? I was literally doing a, a match yesterday of hots, and what people will do is if you don't. Another thing that people will do if you don't just surrender vote, is that they'll just sit in the fountain or sit in spawn and mm -hmm. and just not move or do something to actively. Like, help the enemy team to w make them win faster. And yeah. so I had like a, a sergeant hammer, um, like an assassin basically, who literally just 
went, nope, I'm not playing anymore, I'm just going to sit under the fountain. And so you all report them, but honestly, reports... I, I wish I could see more happening from reports. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's very, very rare. I, so, League actually eventually put in a feedback system. Mm. So, like, you know, you play a few games, and then eventually if somebody actually did receive some kind of a punishment, you'd receive a notification that said, hey, this person was, you know, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But, um, yeah, most most I games don't do that. think you get that in HOTS, but bear in mind I've been playing HOTS for many years now, and I think I've had that notification come up, like, twice. Blizzard in general doesn't tend to ban people. They don't have as... Like, League of Legends had an entire, like, support network that they used just to review report cases because people were reporting, like, five people in a game. It's like, oh, I'm going to report the whole enemy mm. team because I don't like them, or my whole team, something like that. So it was a lot more common there, so I think they probably had a much more robust staff to look at it. Um, like, cool. Yeah, I don't think the same is true for HOTS. With uh, World of Warcraft, a game that I've never played and you've played a little bit, mm. um... There was, uh, I think, a race called Mooney, Moonkin or something? I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I When I played it, I got to, like, level 10 and never touched it again. It was just too right. boring for me. So, I watched a lot of Asmongold, so I do see a lot of this kind of stuff. And bossing on World of Warcraft is a known and big problem. Because mm. it fucks the economy and then everyone else can't buy shit. Mm. And... They literally, Asmongold, got on the server with, like, a hundred other people, and they were like, look, they stood in one place, and there was just a ring of bots, like, a big ring of, like, 50 bots going in the same circle, following the exact same path, using AoE constantly to farm something. Like, it was the most obvious shit you've ever seen. And they were tweeting out at Blizzard, they were reporting, they were doing all these things. You know what Blizzard did? They they moved the party that Asma was in, this hundred or so people that were complaining, they moved them to, like, a different iteration so, of the same place, so they couldn't see all the people walking around. Because they were like, at first they all vanished, and everyone was like, yay, they banned them. But there were no dead bodies or anything. Yeah. And so the moment he left the group, they suddenly all reappeared, and it's like, really, Blizz? You're trying to literally sweep this under the carpet live in front of hundreds of thousands, well not hundreds of thousands of people probably, but thousands and thousands of people. How how just shitty can you get as a business? I mean, how how long ago was this? Because right now Blizzard doesn't seem to have anyone working for them. Uh, I think this was at least a year oh, ago. Oh, okay, that's not so bad. Then. I'm just thinking, like, recently Blizzard's kind of been fucked in the news and a lot of their employees are yeah, I, I, it must have been quite a while ago because I don't think Asman would even bother trying to these days because he's he's had so much shit from Blizzard employees and yeah, ugh, um, and that's why they're all now playing Final Fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want an incentive to to you know have a proper kicking system in your game, there it is because people will not play the game as much if they know that a bunch of robots are just gonna make it's shit for them anyway. Yeah. I mean, botting is something... I mean, Scott does a lot of botting with Diablo. 
He does. Yeah. I've talked to him about this before. Yeah, I, I don't mean, know. Diablo... I don't know. I, I, I'm not a big Diablo fan, so I don't know if it has the same effect as it does on World of Warcraft, but... Yeah, I don't, I don't know either. I guess it... Because it is mostly single player. But I think yeah. uh, the problem came in when they introduced that auction house uh, that, where you could use real money and stuff. That was Diablo 3. Uh, but mm -hmm. even Diablo 2, I think you could use forums to, like, trade items amongst oh, people. Oh, yeah, I remember Scott made a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, doing, doing that stuff. That. Yeah, that's just uh, really Sorry, funny. Scott, we're not trying to throw you under the bus here, but you are a good example. <laughs> it's not like Blizzard's going to find him. His username isn't Scott. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but... Uh, I don't think they would care even if they did, because, like I said, they're not banning people anyway. But I, this is this is something... This is all, like, focused on gaming. Um Ooh. But there are other, like, ways you can... What I was thinking about when you first brought this up was, like, wider internet etiquette, right? Yeah. Political there... correctness kind of thing? Well, it's... it's There's... No, not that. Fuck that. That's not part of the internet. That's from the outside world encroaching on the internet. I meant, like, on Twitter and stuff like that. Well, yeah, but... I'm talking... Well, that's Twitter now. I'm talking about, like, in the golden age of the internet, like maybe five to eight years ago, right? You said that, and I just had the One Piece song play in my head. The golden age of pirates. <laughs> like, they've, um... Like, I don't know, I just remember the internet being kind of a, a more a more magical place when I was younger. You go on there, you just talk shit to anyone, say whatever the fuck you wanted. Yeah, and, I mean, back, back, back in our day... <laughs> When you had dial-up, it cost so much money to go on the internet. Um, no one played games. They well, use not, MSN occasionally. Well, I'm not talking about dial-up. I, I like I'm. Once we had like, that. yeah, yeah. So when I first started playing games online, I think the first stuff I started playing online was this was actually before Xbox Live came out. Um, Wait, was, I'm gonna guess what was the first thing online game was. I'm gonna say. I mean, aside from consoles, Age of Empires. Age of Empires 2 was the first online game I played, yeah. Bang. Um, and I got really good at that. I actually programmed my own custom maps. I had, like, you know, event-driven maps. I was able to, like... Yeah. There was a lot of very intricate stuff you could do in the custom games. And the competitive mm. stuff... I mean, the competitive stuff, the higher elos, was just people rushing you. But then after that... But that was very little communication. It was all chat rooms and whatnot. Then mm. after that, there was... Um, GameSpy Arcade, where you could land... Oh, I hated GameSpy. But it, but it was the only way to play, like, Xbox Online at that point. It was land yeah. parties or that. It was only, like, you know, a year or so after that where Xbox Live came out. And that was that was where the real magic happened. You got the shitty headset, you log in line, you log online, and it's just a whole bunch of people shouting and swearing at each other. I think this is a large point of why, for the longest time... I never played online games, or versus games even. I was a single-player kid. Uh, I loved stories, that kind of thing. Because yeah. back in those days, people think that like connecting to an online server these days is hard. Like It used to be such a pain in the ass. And then you get finally get online and someone would kick your ass because they've been playing it for a lot more than you have. So I just never bothered mm. when I was that young. See, I, I got a lot better at that. That did happen quite a bit especially early on. But I, I was the same way at first. Like, um, Halo Halo 1 was honestly the first first-person shooter that I ever actually enjoyed enough to get into the multiplayer and start playing it seriously. Before that, mm. it was all single-player stuff. Um, you know, 
mostly like RPG kind of games. But then, yeah, yeah. What, but then there was a couple, but I actually got pretty good at it. There was a couple maps in Halo 1 that I like, I knew all the ins and outs of. I could get out of the map pretty easily. I knew, well, the shotgun was my bread and butter even back then. Yeah. I remember there's a um, there's a YouTuber, I can't remember his name because I don't watch much of his stuff, uh, who would play Call of Duty these days with like a hundred person lobby, right? Hmm. And because the maps are so fucking bad, every single episode he would have like three different hiding spots that involved glitching himself out of bounds or into crates or into buildings and stuff. And those hundred other players had to find and kill him within like a ten minute window or something. And he'd do three of these per episode, like fucking broken of these maps, man. Well, you also, could do how that. creative of the audience to, to work it out. You could do that in, like, all kinds of stuff. Yeah. No, no, I, again, I could be talking a lot about Payday because I'm playing it a lot, but the speed runs of Payday, I've seen, like, some of them, and I'm like, wait, hang on, how's it? It's not possible to do this mission in three minutes. It's literally not possible. Mm. And then I see a dude jump on a sofa on top of a cabinet, then jump through the ceiling of the room of the building <laughs> and like dash along, fall through an elevator, flip through a wall, and bam. It's like what? But so I I we got back on gaming, but the, the reason I brought yes, up sir. like those those early days and how it was kind of very unfiltered, um mm. was but even even in those kind of chaotic Wild West kind of days of uh the internet uh, you'd see people kind of developing like kind of unwritten rules that were kind of enforced by whatever communities were were around. Like rule thirty four. <laughs> no, no, that, that also came years later. But yeah. now that's just that's what I was thinking of, and I can't. I was I'm struggling to think of a concrete example of this, but you did used to see that, like there were just certain courtesies. I mean, did you use chat rooms a lot when you were young? I think my parents were like, nope, you're not ever using them. I didn't, I didn't. even have MSN. My brother I, did. I had, a, I had AOL Instant Messenger, um, but yeah. I just used it to talk to friends and stuff like that. I had mm. a friend that went into chat rooms and stuff and used to, you know, just go around and fuck with people or just talk to random people. Um, yeah, I never really saw the benefit of that. I mean, it's, it's an interesting thing. It's something that I, you know... I, kind of enjoying my adult life when I was traveling a lot more for work I'd like to just talk to random people and that's the thing, it's like, but I, I think it was the same sort of appeal when when you were young oh actually, I don't know it's America when we I was younger and there was like five channels on the television hmm. you're like wow uh, television is great I love it and then suddenly you get the free view box and there's 200 channels and you're like how the fuck did I ever live with five channels four of which were boring like yeah we people are perfectly content with what they've got but if you come up with a new thing they will regret not having it kind of yeah, thing <laughs> i'm trying to think when i was growing up we had i don't know how many channels we had exactly but it was it was definitely more than five uh when it was just like the antenna tv yeah and then once we got the cable box then it went up to, you know 90 or 100 or whatever but even then, like, I only ever watched, like, two or three different channels. And then, even in my, my mm. adult life, that went down even more, because I pretty much just watched the History Channel. 
until it became yeah. nothing but fucking ice road truckers and swamp people. And now I just don't watch TV at all. And aliens. That classic history. The the alien show at least was entertaining. Ancient Aliens was fucking hilarious. They also made this show, and I remember making fun of it with one of my friends called Life After People. And right. basically it was just like you know, what if everyone disappeared at this moment? You know, what would happen to this city? What would happen to this area? Kind of thing. Not yeah, yeah. Now, Except it was true. just like, you know, humans disappear. No one's around to care for our civilization. What yeah. happens to the buildings? What happens to this? What happens to that? And it was kind of entertaining, but I remember one of my friends, like, I, it was kind of silly, but it was also interesting to see what would happen. But one of my friends, just for whatever reason, the, the concept of the show just pissed him off. Because it would just be like, um, it's like, here's Las Vegas. What would happen if all the people disappeared? And he's like, it's like, who cares? All the people are gone. I mean, that would be awful because, like, the worst thing, well, one of the worst things is that all the food in, like, the world would go rotten. Can you imagine what that would be like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a spoiler alert. Yeah, the food goes rotten. The desert reclaims Las Vegas. All the cheap, tacky, like, statues fall apart. And, uh, Mr. House takes control. Uh, <laughs> Caesar's Legion rolls in. Yeah. Yep. The Roman Nazis. Uh. Oh fuck, I was gonna say something and I've forgotten. Oh, should, should we move on to the second um, thing? Yeah, yeah, what kind was... of linked to. So, how far do you go with modding? When, when you're modding something. I'm sorry, I'm bringing it back to games again, but that's because. Yeah, screw it. That's what we know. <laughs> How far do you go with modding before it becomes cheating? Now, before this you said any online game, if you're playing online and you're modding, it's cheating, right? Yeah. yeah. So, and I guess I wasn't thinking of, like, online co-op games. Yeah. So in Payday 2, again, I go back there, <laughs> um, there has always been a big modding community. And I think it's great whenever games do have a modding community, um, because... There are certainly mods that I consider that are not at all cheating, like ones that turn law enforcement units into Yoshis or hmm. something. Or like uh, if we we're talking about Skyrim, um, the stuff that just makes the graphics better or higher resolution. Yeah, Skyrim is a single-player game, hmm. so it's literally affecting no one else. You, whatever you want to do with it, it's your own sandbox. Yeah, but I still, um, I one thing I just on that point with single-player games, I still agree that. With the, the policy a lot of uh, companies have, it's like, if you've modded it, then the, the achievements are turned off. Yeah, that's fair. Um, go on. And so, also, like, so on, on Payday 2, they have, um, the, the original one that I remember, and people who have been playing Payday 2 for about more than five years will remember this, there's something called Hawk's Hood, which is a heads-up display, which basically... Every time a drill got put down, it would have a constant reminder of how long that drill had left on the top left corner. Mm -hmm. It would show you just it just show you a bunch of little details that you could find out for yourself, but you'd have to stand somewhere and be looking at it and it would be like, okay. Rather than one person putting down a drill and then putting in chat, you know, three minutes on this drill, that's how long we've got to defend for. Instead, it's just like, no one says anything because they can just see in their special HUD that a drill has gone down with that on it. Um, it had a bunch of other small benefits. And that has 
Uh, that was actually approved by the people who made Payday. So, I don't know, is it... I, I've always considered I would never use it, because I think it is taking away from the game by making it easier. But I wouldn't be angry at someone else for using it. I don't like changes like that. Yeah, it's a quality of life improvement. So I'm, I'm going to take it to League. Um, over the years, they've um, implemented improvements to the game, like quality of life improvements like that. And I feel like they've overall hurt the game. Uh, for example, there are, you know, big, uh, like, hero monsters, or boss monsters that spawn on the map, the dragon, baron, whatever. Mm. They added timers. Um, if you hit the, the tab for the score screen, you can see the timers on how long before the next one, what's the next one coming up. You can see, like, when the, the big monster's going to pop up, how long the other one has left. And even the, the minor buffs. And I do not like that. Because I feel like it's taken a huge amount of strategy out of the game. Because before, what would happen is you'd have to have some guy who was paying attention and... Yeah, it's a level like, of skill. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it lowered the skill um, ceiling significantly. Yeah. Um, or the skill threshold. And so, like, before you, you actually had to coordinate, you had to talk to your team and go like, Hey, this buff is missing. Somebody got it. It's, you know, could spawn any time from here to here. It's like, oh, the you know, they just got the dragon. Okay, we got five minutes before the next one spawns. We got to be here at X time. And you had to have a level of coordination and teamwork. And I felt like even the community was toxic even back then, but it Are wasn't... Are able to adjust model like things in, in League? Like, oh, can they replace Baron with Thomas the Tank Engine or something? You can, but you have to do it on a private server, otherwise your account's going to get banned. Oh, okay. None of this is that, modding. That I would approve. <laughs> yeah, none of this is modding. This is all yeah. stuff that has been implemented in the game through patches. But that's why I don't like mods like that. I feel like they take away from the, mm, the, the element of like yeah, of strategy, of teamwork, of communication. Yeah. Um, well, what I definitely call cheating. There's two things that I are just beyond a doubt cheating. One is when people give themselves like uh, so so. One of the consumables you can bring to a match are turrets, mm -hmm. and you have to keep an eye on them and you have to pick them up to refill them, and they can break if they get too damaged. Uh, people who just give themselves infinite turrets, it's like, okay, so you're turning, essentially removing the aspect of the game where you need to shoot people. <laughs> and in Payday, when you're doing loud, because you only use turrets in loud, that's a very big portion of the game, and you're not just removing it for yourself, you're removing it for everyone on the team. Yeah, because... So, yes, that is cheating. Go on. Yeah, no, I, that's what I was going to say, is because you've just... Yeah. The shooting part was the fun part for me. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you didn't do much shooting in the self part, but... <laughs> um, and the, the, the other one is when people... Um, like... So what I said about aesthetics, I think aesthetics are fine, you can do whatever you want. But when it comes to things like giving yourself things that you haven't earned, like in-game masks, for example. Hmm. Masks, some masks in that game you can only get by like completing every level in the game on the hardest difficulty. I have seen so many people give themselves the one down mask, which is that, and they've got like 50 hours playtime, and I'm like, no, that's literally fucking impossible. Don't give me that bullshit, and they get kicked. 
because that is that that's like and I'm aware I, I'm making a comparison because it's similar I'm not saying this is anywhere near as significant it's kind of stolen Valerie no I, I get what you mean though but it's it's you don't even have to go to the extreme of of that you could even just talk about it's like um, you know having fake ribbons for winning a race, having you know exactly, a yeah. fake trophy for a tournament you never played in, or something like that. It, it's it's just you're you're taking credit for something that you didn't do. Um, and in, in yeah, games like this, where there is stuff. those progression and people invest time and effort into it, and get, like you you get legitimately proud. It's like look, you know, I actually I did this, and you know, I put mm. the time in, and I I got good at the game, and now I get this fancy ass thing. It, it it's does, like getting on StarCraft and just setting your rank to being master. Like, well, yeah, that, that's something I never... Back, again, bringing back to Halo. On Halo 2, when people would mod and just... You know, they'd get up to, like, the... It got to the point where the Halo's ranks... Halo 2's rank system went from 1 to 50. And once mm. you passed, I think it was, like, 43 or 44. It might have been 45. The ranks stopped being numbers, and they would become, like, you know, a moon, half moon, sun, and a Halo at level 50. Anytime you saw somebody with those ranks, you're like, okay, they're modding. Because no right. one ever could, like, they, there were enough modders in the game that pretty much no one ever legitimately got up there. There's probably a few people that did it, but it was mm. extraordinarily rare. Um, and so, you know, and but those people would get banned regularly. They'd just make new Xbox Live accounts and do it again. And I'm just like, what, what is the point of this? Like, you're not actually playing the game. Right? Like, so, um, a couple of other ones that just seem super fucking pointless. When I've gone into a game, and the game is instantly finished with success. Like, just, you start the game and it, bam, victory. Is that a mod, or did you just join late? No, 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 I mean, I've entered the lobby, the game has started, we've all spawned by the van, and then, victory. Uh... And the other one is when people stand by the van and they have a mod that just lets them constantly get loot bags. So they're just constantly throwing it into the van, just like, gee, 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 gee. Just making loads of fucking money constantly. Sounds like What's something EA point? would You're sell on a loot box. You're not playing the game. You're playing a cookie clicker. And everyone right. hates you for it. People love those games. The fucking where you just click... Oh it's 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 ridiculous. You can't even. It's, there's no marketplace on this game. You can well, technically there is, but not for that kind of currency. In fact, no. They've actually taken it off of the Steam marketplace anyway. You can't even sell skins anymore on the game. Um, ah, it it's it's stupid and infuriating because it ruins the experience for everyone else. And this is what I meant. Kind of, I was talking about etiquette at the beginning as well. It's like, why do it? Like, you don't, you're not even getting one up on people. This is the thing that people didn't understand like five years, ten years ago. What's the? Why do people troll other people? We mm. understand why they do it now, but they're not even trolling other people in this case. They're not getting that experience of one upping someone else. They're I, just cutting out their own game time. I fully understand <laughs> trolling. That that's one of the things that has never been a mystery to me. Like yeah. This is, so, to bring it to, like, a real-world example, like, um, not a real-world example, I'm trying to think of something that's fucked up but not too fucked up, but there, there, are, there are times where, like, um, oh, we've, you know that, that AI, uh, 
that Microsoft put out, Tay. It was like four yeah. years ago now. And like with within like two or three days, people had trolled it into becoming like this like anti-Semite um, kind of uh, I, I don't even know I can't, but they got they got it to say horrendous and awful things and what people who don't like understand how they this sort of um, 4chan works no well not 4chan just the internet in general <laughs> like it's like no one like all of those things that they got the AI to say no one maybe barring like a few weirdos no one who was doing that to try and like modify that AI was doing it with the intent that they actually believed any of that shit. They did it because it was fucking hilarious to have yeah. this, this ostensibly innocent robot start spewing out some of the most horrible and vile things. That's funny. The same with the, the, the fucking... Do you remember the Mountain Dew advert thing? Mountain Dew were like, we want the internet to decide what our next uh, apple-flavored beverage will be called. And so the top result was Hitler did nothing wrong. The drink... I and so they're just like, no, we're not doing that. Or like, um, the, there was some company uh, that wanted people. They did a contest for people to name their new boat or something, and people wanted oh, to Boaty McBoatface. Boatface, yeah. <laughs> that one was a little bit more innocent. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it was so funny. Well, but, I mean, did they actually go ahead with that? I don't think they chose Boaty McBoatface. <laughs> No, okay. that's sad. I wish they had, because that would have been fucking hilarious. But they yeah, didn't. I mean that's not offensive. I think that would have been fine. Yeah, that it's it's a goofy name, but it's funny. Yeah, it's, it's what the people want. Jeez. Oh, um, mind you, the people that voted on that probably aren't the people who are going to use that kind of <laughs> that boat. Well, it, it was it wasn't something. Like, it was a marketing thing. Like, the, the company was just... It was like an icebreaker boat or something like that. And it was just something that they decided to do. Like, there was no there was no profit element to it. There was no prize or anything. It was just like a, hey, here, here are the yeah. names. And... Okay, if it was, wasn't a passenger ship, then I guess... No, I no, don't no. know what their problem was. Well, probably because they just... They, they're like, oh, you're not taking this seriously. Harumph. <laughs> <laughs> they can say harambe. Um, oh, my God. Yeah, what's uh, what are we looking at? Okay. Yeah, we're we're uh, kind of coming at the end of this segment. You want to end it there? Yeah. Well, we have got uh, what is it? Bits and bobs again for the segment two. So if you want more chill, relaxed. This is gonna be a relaxed episode, all right? Oh yeah. Um. Actually, to be fair, it's been pretty. We've talked about some spicy-ish things. Yeah, not really. No. Okay. Yeah, it's been pretty chill. <laughs> Bodie McBoatface. That's not spicy. <laughs> Anyway. The spiciest boat. All right, this is going to be the end of segment one of the Team CJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment two. Welcome back to the Team CJ podcast. We are on segment two, our media segment. We didn't do movie night this week, but we both have been watching something. Uh, Blue, I believe. What are you doing? The things he's doing on camera right now. Oh gosh, I'm, I'm drinking my my uh, alcoholic beverage. Fun, fun. Mm. Um, anyway, I've been watching The Watch, mm. the series that uh, I think we lambasted in the previous podcast as looking really weird. Yeah, so there's a few series, a uh, few series, a few episodes back, um, where where I talked about it, 
Uh, and I was a bit unsure about whether it was going to be good or not. I kind of rested at a place in the middle where I'm like, okay, you've got to put aside the fact that they're essentially bastardizing Terry Pratchett's law. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, if you can do that, then it's, it's actually quite a good story. And I stand by that. But, but in an effort to be quirky, they do definitely go too far. And there was a scene in the last episode I watched with Alicia that was so utterly cringy. I, I never skip forward in anything. Um, especially when other people are watching. But I was so tempted to. Um, my my cringe tolerance has gone down as I've gotten older, so I skip through a lot of cringe now. You would skip definitely this part. Um, so there is a character um, whose name I can't remember who is a dwarf, a female dwarf, and since she left the mines, she shaved her beard and she's enjoying the freedom of not being a dwarf, essentially. Um, she grow too? This, I think she was always that tall. I don't like the... Uh, dwarfs in this seem as tall as humans. It's just a thing. I don't understand it. I okay. don't know why. Whatever. Um, and so this episode, they have to find an artifact, which is, of course, in the old mines, she used to be... Uh, what's the opposite? What's the female version of prince? Princess? Princess. Thank you. Wow. Wow. Really, How did you... <laughs> I'm okay. a blonde one. Well, ki- kind of princess, because, like, I don't... You have a king of a mind and then the daughter. But princess of the mind doesn't sound... That sounds like a good book. Princess of the anyway. mind? Yeah. Um, anyway, so... I'm sorry if you can hear things in the background. Um... They go down this mine, and she's terrified of this thing called the Dark, which basically eats anyone that doesn't comply with... Like, it isn't the same as everyone else, right? Mm. So basically, you have to have a beard on in the mines, otherwise it will eat you. It's kind of and... like a lion and zebra. What? Zebra, they, they camouflage by all being identical to each other, and the lions can't pick one or the other on off right. to hunt them down. yeah. Yeah, I guess so, so. The zebra that are different are the ones that get picked off and eaten by the lions. Yeah, so she is she she was the different zebra. Uh, and so they, anyway, they all put on like beards and they go down this mine and they get betrayed and chained to a rock and they rip their beards off. Um, false beards. Okay. Uh, <laughs> just, before everyone cringes that has a beard. Um, and, yeah, then the dark eats her, and the, she's like, oh, my mum's in the dark as well. That's why she's really terrified, because her mother got eaten by the dark. Okay. And she meets her mother again, and she's like, no, the dark's a friend. I'm just chilling in the dark all this time, going to different universes and stuff. It's like, okay, whatever. That's uh, quirky, it's wacky, it's about in line with what Terry Pratchett would do, if a bit on the nose. Yeah. Um, and so she suddenly has the power of the dark. And she beats everyone in the mine, and she goes back to the watch house where the second half of the team were guarding the watch house from the Assassin's Guild. Mm. And the Assassin's Guild is still there, and they've got the watch house people stuck in a cell. Like, they can't get to them, and vice versa. Um, So 
these three people come back from the mine, they're standing outside and they're like, oh my gosh, the people are in danger in, in their watch house. And so they go in and you're like, okay, chances are she's going to use the new dark ability she's got. She's already used it once, but whatever. She's going to, like, make people vanish and appear in the cells or something. I don't know. Oh, God, it's so cringy, I can't even... Right, so... <laughs> up to this point, she's just wearing normal, like... In fact, she was wearing, like, miner's gear because they went to the mines trying to fit in. Does so she have a like... fashion show? I'll get to it. Okay. Uh, she, so she's wearing, like, cloth stuff, like, kind of grubby... Stuff you'd expect from the period, and... It, it just it just fits it. It's just like a bit grimy, it's grub, a bit grubby. They work for the police, but it's a very shitty police station that's not really funded by anything, so... It makes sense that they don't have super cool stuff. And then suddenly it's like... She appears in the cellar with the Assassin's Guild, and the head of the Assassin's Guild is there. And she's in drag. And I mean, like... A big pink wig... Uh, sparkly boots, um, excessive makeup, and kind of just, I don't know, I don't know what to call the, the chest piece, but, you know, dancing gear. Mm. And the other two people, who are the werewolf girl, who's always been, come over as, like, a punk emo kind of aesthetic, mm -hmm. and Carrot, who is, like, the upstanding... Uh, he's the most um, humanish, upstanding, law-abiding officer. Mm. Are behind her in like sparkly white spandex, and they're like fucking dancing down the corridor while this dark energy shit happens at the assassins, and the assassins are like, "Oh no, no, this can't be happening." Oh no! <laughs> For like a minute straight. It was just. Oh god, it I... was sickening. <laughs> you feel the air from it. I need. I need. I. I'm just. I don't know. There. The. Oh, to to a musical number, I should point out. Of there course. are moments where that kind of a weird non sequitur can work, but. It just, it seems like such a jarring, out-of-place thing. Even, like, because we watched Going Postal, and that's Terry Pratchett. And so he's definitely capable... Very, very different. Well, he's definitely capable of doing the quirky thing, but I, I can't picture what you're describing as anything other than a cartoon. Also, the whole time you're describing this, you know, what's going through my head is, I am a dwarf and I'm digging a hole. Diggy, diggy hole. Oh, oh, honestly, it was... But it, it wasn't even like that. It was like a modern-day pop song, if I recall. Yeah, I, I kind of tried to blocked it from my mind, so I can't quite remember, but... This is... The, well, you know what I'm thinking of is... Um, you ever see the movie... Uh, the, the remake, the movie Gatsby? The new one? Uh, I've never seen it. It's, it's actually not bad, but one thing they do is they will... They'll play like... There's a weird scene where they're talking to some underground people at this speakeasy and... They're playing mm. some modern, like, modern-day, like, rap hip-hop song in the speakeasy. 
and um, they do that a few times in the show, and they have like modern music, but they kind of make it work. It's a very artistic and stylized version of, of Gatsby, and I liked it a lot better than the book. The book fucking blew. Yeah. It's boring as hell. I don't even know what Gatsby's about. I mean, I know it's like Art De- Art Nouveau? Art Deco is what you... No, you're right. Art Deco. Um, but it, it takes <laughs> I should pl- know these things. The actual book is... It takes place at like the height of like the Roaring Twenties when mm. in the U.S. when there was prohibition, but at the same time there were speakeasies everywhere, there was money everywhere, the stock market was going crazy, there were all kinds of nouveau riche people everywhere, um, and it was just basically you know, at least in the cities, a nonstop party. <clears throat> and um, the book, though, now despite the that's how I've described it, the book follows one of the most boring human beings known to man who is watching all of these more interesting people do stuff Mm. now the movie i don't know there's an older movie the newer movie i'm sorry i just completely hijacked this to talk about gas no it's fine but the (laughs) the movie um the new one at least is very very stylized it's it's got this very artsy feel to it like, you know, they go to the rich people's house and it's like, you know, sprawling fields and people riding on a horseback and they open the windows and there's these white curtains fluttering everywhere and people are moving in and out of them. And it's it's very over the top and it's purposely hyperbolic. And I I think that's it's done really well. But they, they do also use a lot of modern, like, at the time, modern pop music. I think the movie came out like 10 years ago or something like that. Mm. Um but it's really good. Sometime I'll have to pick that for movie night because it's quite good. Well, that's the thing. If they had done it the same, but instead of having this weird candy Barbie girl look to it, they'd mm. done like a, I don't know, a grungy or a rock or a punk thing where they were like, one of them had a chain in their hand. Come on, Barbie, let's go party. Instead of that crap then I think it would have worked. But it was just so, so jarringly run. Like, their friends were in danger, so they did a costume change into something stupid-looking. Like, I get that it's a joke. Oh. But it's so badly done. Oh, there's a scene in another show or another movie that they do something like that. Like, there's a joke while you're thinking, or have you got it? So it's not this one, but they do something similar to it. Remember at the end of the Mulan movie, where all the soldiers like dress up as the women with the full yes. makeup and everything, yeah. and get into the palace that way. I, I'm just picturing it like a more cringy version of that. Yeah, like they didn't have to dr- dress up like that necessarily. Like but... that, that that works because a it's I wouldn't even say actually I wouldn't just say it's because it's a cartoon. I would say because. It fits to their characters, right? It's congruous with the rest of the story, yeah. Yeah, so the werewolf chick up to now has been like the probably one of the most serious characters in the plot. And Carrot is all, all about following the rules and he's very down to earth. Hmm. And even, even the main person, she's like a scientist, essentially. Yeah. Um, she does like forensics and stuff. It's just so out of left field. And, uh, like, just also in that episode, there's, like, a... There are some funny fucking jokes, right? Mm. 
they they've got um, an assassin kept up who that assassin basically killed one of their parents mm. uh, one of the character's parents and that character is stuck in the cell with the head of the watch and this assassin mm-hmm. and this assassin's a bit like they're all very scary when they get the masks on but underneath the mask he just looks he looks like the most stereotypical accountant you could ever imagine right and he's a bit he's a bit weird but he's like oh okay she's giving um the head of the watch because they kind of have this kind of relationship like some some moisturizer or something and the guy's like comes over he's like oh can i I have some moisturizer and she turns to him and she's like no, you killed my parents, and turns back to Sam. I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> it's very funny in context, um, but like they are, they do make very good jokes. What? what but I'm, sometimes they just make really bad ones. What, I, what I'm getting from this description is that it doesn't. It it sounds like this show is having a really hard time maintaining a constant tone. It feels like it's gyrating back and forth between over-the-top goofy comedy and, you know, somewhat serious, you know, plot elements. It is mostly goofy. Whenever the main villain... Actually, I was going to say whenever the main villain, but honestly, he's had some comedy moments as well. They were in, like, an old folks' home, and there's two fights that are about to happen. Hmm. Uh, And it's kind of telegraphed what's going to happen beforehand, but not to quite the extent. Uh, but there's like magic has been put on this old folks' home, so at the moment any of the old folks start fighting with each other, everyone just breaks out into dance. And so that 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 that's that's even using dances, and that was good. That was funny. It made sense. Like, okay, they obviously put a spell on this fucking place so yeah. that fighting wouldn't happen, so that people wouldn't get hurt in the old folks' home. And so, like, the main head of the watch suddenly starts dancing with the main villain. Mm. And they still fucking they're still arguing with each other while they're like pirouetting around one another, and it's it's brilliant. Well, it, so this is something that reminds me of speaking of it, just another instance of this sort of thing, kind of Lucifer, that show that I like, you know, mm. was watching for a while. They, I was gonna say that's that's quite comedic, but also very heavy undertones. They also yeah, but they but they they had an entirely musical episode, completely incongruous, mm. but. They, they had it all explained within context, and they, they made it all linked together and make sense. And even though it started off goofy, they managed to bring it to a point where it was serious again. Hmm. In fact, they even had the same thing where the main... Okay, I'm not saying that God is the villain, but Lucifer and God are basically made to dance with each other while he's Lucifer's trying to get over how kind of pissed off he is with God. Uh, yeah. And they're singing to each other out of... No choice of their own. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, have you watched anything this week? <laughs> yeah. So, actually, not not just this week, but so this this week, I've actually been rewatching a lot of uh, Stargate. Um, um, I'm finishing up the first series of it, and then Stargate Atlantis now, and then I'm going to be watching. Just going through the, them all. It's something to have on in the background because I've been playing through Final Fantasy X for that video I'm working on, but. Mm. Um, because I'm, I'm at the point now where I'm I'm grinding through a lot of stuff because I'm trying to beat the secret bosses and get unlock other equipment in the game. So there's a lot of grind. Um, but just yesterday or, or last night, and then a bit more this morning, I've been because Netflix just got this at least in the U.S. Uh, they now have Seinfeld on there, which 
I, I guess is to some people find it hilarious, some people don't. Um, it's Seinfeld the one that's called. What's the deal with? That's the joke. Yeah, that's the. That the, is Seinfeld. The joke yeah. is that that's his. He he actually doesn't say that very often in like the jokes, but uh, stars you know Jerry Seinfeld is an actual stand-up comedian, and you know him doing like a short stand-up piece kind of bookends the beginning and end of the show and you know what like what the jokes he's talking about is going to be some of the shit that happens going to be related to what happens in the show yeah um and the premise of it just thinking back was like i, I remember uh, watching a documentary on it and it was just him and this this other comedian that he knew and they were just shooting the shit and they they were like what if we just made a show about nothing and that's that's really what it is it's just every episode is just like you know the same small cast of characters at first it's only like four people really mm. and just the stupid shit that happens in their daily life the stupid nothing conversations you have with friends like um like so they, the same exact format as you know friends how i met your mother and all of those shows came out later oh really yep seinfeld came out in 1989 i was one when this mm. show was released and that's probably why I have such fond memories of it, because my dad loved this show, so it was I, I saw it a lot growing up. Um, what about uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Uh, that was also after, but I did watch I watched that one too. That was also very good. But that that Everybody one loves Raymond. Ever that was also after. Um, Frasier. Uh, that was after, but Frasier was a direct continuation of Cheers, which came before Cheers. Started off in the early eighties. Cheers was a really good series. I thought Cheers was like the one that came before Friends. Nope, it was Cheers, and Frasier was a character on Cheers, and then he, they, they made a right. spin-off show called Frasier. That, These that are all too old for me. I just know all of them. Yeah, well, Cheers, Cheers was came out before I was born, but I hmm. started watching it on Netflix because my dad's, you know, said good things about it, and I, it is actually yeah, my really good. as well. It's a really good show. Um, but yeah, no Seinfeld, but the. I'm watching it, and some of the things... That's kind of the premise of the show, but... Some of the things that I actually really... I just found myself feeling a lot of nostalgia for when I was watching it was like, you know... First of all, there's no cell phones, right? Hmm. Um, you well, know... They have the big blocky phone. No, not the big blocky. The, the landlines. They still have they, landlines. Yeah, they had a landline, so it was like, you know, you yeah. have the black phone in the middle that has the dialer on it, and you pick up the, the thing. And one of his friends comes in, and he's like... he's. He's got a phone in his pocket, but it's just a wireless, like a cordless phone. He takes it out mm. to pull the antenna up, and he's talking on yeah. it. They have answering machines. And one of the complaints uh, in one of the episodes was, you know, Jerry's dating this girl, and she she fills up his answering machine, mm. which, like, just one, one continuous message that fills up the entire tape. And I'm just, like, I was having fits of nostalgia, like, listening to all this, because... Uh, I don't know. Was it back as far as, like, when phones were shared by the whole street? No. Like, like the... if you picked up the phone, you could hear a neighbor's conversation. No, no, that that never really was a thing here. Especially not really in the Oh, States. really? Was it an old thing in America? Um, maybe, maybe if you go back quite a ways, but um, at least as long as I've been alive, um, and I think going back even to, like, the 60s, you had a separate phone line. Right, okay. Um, you might have a shared phone line amongst, like... A house so like for instance mm -hmm. in in you know my house growing up if you know if i picked up the phone and my mom was on the phone i was hearing what yeah, she was yeah, 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 stuff. Yeah, yeah. um but not with our neighbors or anything like that 
um, yeah, these, you know, I didn't realize it actually started in the late 80s, but it went all the way until the late 90s. I think it was nine seasons. Uh, so I'm, I'm on season two now. Um, season one was only five episodes. And it's just, that's mostly why I, I wanted to talk about it. Is it just, I did really, A, I really like that format. I, I like, even like some of the podcasts I listen to, they're just people just shooting the shit, talking about nothing a lot of the time. Coffee shop dramas. Yeah, yeah. Or like, and, and this one, yeah, they're talking, there was... There was an entire, like, five-minute segment that I found entertaining that was just Jerry and his neighbor arguing about, you know, whether he should be getting, like, mango from the grocery store or this specialty shop that's, like, a block mm. further away. And it just, they, they found a way to make that stuff funny and entertaining and very relatable, I found. Yeah, and I think the art of that kind of TV show has definitely been lost these days. I think Big Bang Theory is pretty fucking dreary. It was great for the first few seasons and then it just became about relationships which kind of lost the whole thing of it being full nerds. Yeah, I like, That was kind of what made it great. I had a friend, uh, one of my friends from high school, she was obsessed with that show. I tried watching mm. it, it just didn't hook me. Well, back when it was like they were talking about World of Warcraft or something mm. and we could be like Hey, we know what that is. We know what they're talking about. Like, it, it's it's a very shallow level of knowledge you'd need to know about like gaming stuff or science. But it was enough that people would be like, they're not talking about like apples that everyone knows about. Hmm. They're talking about something, and I feel a little bit clever knowing what they're talking about and can understand the joke that they're making. Yeah. But yeah, now it's like, oh my god, Penny slept with another person. What's up Who, with that? <laughs> <laughs> What's up with monogamy? Oh my god. Yeah, I... Um, I don't think there's been any kind of sitcoms like that since. Not that I've been aware of, anyway. Yeah, it's a it's a trend that kind of went away, uh, as far as I know. I, Ever since actually, everyone found out about the laugh track. Oh, there's a... Um, Silicon Valley. Um, that's a show that I've heard good things about, but that, that, I'm not sure how old that one is, but it was a similar thing, um, where it was, I don't know, a bunch of, like, tech nerds all living in a house, um, I, I don't know the whole premise, I've, I've just seen clips and stuff from it online, and it seems pretty funny. I mean, that sounds like the recipe for a, um, Friends-esque remake. Yeah, and the, the, you brought up the laugh track thing, this is something I think gets a little bit too much hate, um... I don't think there's necessarily a problem with using it. I do think that it gets abused in some some series, like they they do it with Friends. Yeah. Um, like, but I don't know. I've I found like in even in Seinfeld, I'm watching it. Even the bits where the laugh track hasn't started yet, or where it isn't present, I'm finding myself laughing or smiling along. Hmm. Um, so I think that yes, they use it as kind of a a way to to kind of enhance the humor. Um, For sure. Like, and I think that's a good thing, but the test it's one is... of these broken window things where the moment the moment you know that it's there, you start listening to what they're actually saying as opposed to, you know, the yeah. joke. You're not... It's, there's no laugh now poster anymore. It's... He says something and it's like... Well, I think okay. the... 
the test is whether or not you still laugh without the laugh track. I, I do yeah. like some of the um, the YouTube yeah. things where they've taken out the laugh track. I think they. I think it's everybody loves Raymond. Like if you take the laugh track out, then it's just a show about a very depressed man like stumbling through life. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's just like, have you ever seen the comic Garfield without Garfield? No. Somebody took in, uh, took all the Garfield comics and edited out Garfield, and it just becomes about the guy. Just John being, like, just, crazy and depressed. Yeah, exactly, living a lonely, depressing life. Like, one's, like he comes into the room and it's like, hey, this just happened. And then it's just a blank panel and then he looks sad. <laughs> That's it. There's... Yeah. There, there's some really, really good ones. But yeah, Garfield without Garfield. I'll, I'll show you it after this. Because um, there's there's some really fucking funny ones. Jeez. But yeah, I don't know. Um, do we need more sitcoms? I feel like... I I didn't realize there were so many until I started listing them to you, trying to work out which one was older than yeah. um, I mean, Seinfeld. But The ones God. that I ever um, got into, like Seinfeld, obviously. I think Seinfeld was the first sitcom that I ever really watched hmm. would you call scrubs a sitcom yes you would because i think that if that consists of a sitcom then i think that's my favorite sitcom of all time yeah i without a doubt i think scrubs that i haven't really seen much of it but i know there was like that trend of hospital drama things there was scrubs there was house based in the... there was oh, Grey's yeah. anatomy well uh, they actually scrubs quite often is like they mentioned House and Grey's Anatomy. I think it was a bit of a... It came afterwards, and they were like, this is kind of what we got the inspiration from, I yeah. think, is a large part of it. My my impression was that Scrubs was much more leaning heavily on the comedy side. They were much more on the, the sitcom-y side of things, whereas... Well, they also had very dark sides, because they were in a hospital, and people died quite yeah, yeah. often. Yeah, I know that, but I'm saying compared to the other hospital dramas, like, I mm, think... Mm. I, I've never seen Grey's yeah, Anatomy, sorry. but... From what I've heard about it, and from what I know about House, I feel like those were a lot more serious. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, especially with like just even even small role well, things you'd think of with small roles, like the janitor. The janitor was one of the funniest people there. Yeah, because he was just a being of pure chaos, <laughs> and like not not in the kind of the the tropey way you get in sitcoms where you know you've got the. The sleazy one that always goes and wants to sleep with everyone he finds. Mm. You've got the the house mum, which I suppose is Carla, but she kind of has a bit more interaction with people in different aspects because she's a nurse. And most house mums don't go through all the shit that you have when you're a nurse. Like My it, mom was it's a quite nurse. a high tension job. There you go. And then she became a house mum, actually. Technically, she was bored being a house mom, so she started a daycare in her house. So she's like, yeah, this isn't challenging enough, let's go up to level two. Yeah, but they, they address a lot of um, significant topics. Like, obviously, the the main character and his best friend are always talking about their, their secret romance for each other, but they're not at all, because they're both straight. Hmm. But um, the and all these flashbacks, and they talk about... They talk about a lot of dramatic topics, which you can't really get away with, like... Obviously, also because the main character is very white, the best, <laughs> and his best friend is black. Oh um, yeah, that wouldn't be allowed these days. They make a lot of jokes like that, and they're very funny, and no one gets offended because it's a TV show. 
and so the people in there don't aren't like I don't know. Yeah, well, I think it it much more accurately captures how, at least in my experience throughout my life, um, friendships with people who aren't the same race as you. Like you just mm. if you're friends, you just don't think about it. No, you, you don't. You're just bros. It's like yeah. And that's why I don't think I ever had any controversy. Yeah. It's because it's hilarious because it's going there. But the characters in the, the in the T V show aren't like, Oh, I'm I'm so offended that you said that. No, they're like well, they like, recognize it's a joke because they're actors, obviously. Well, it's like when, when um the the running joke for the longest time I was, I'd be hanging out with Juan and Raymond and like a few a bunch of their friends from their hometown. It was like it was a bunch of Asian people and me. Mm. And then Raymond had, like, you know, one of his friends was black. So it was, like, the the, the joke for the longest time was, like, that I was the ch the token majority. Yeah, you're the, the ethnic minority. No, no, the token majority, because the it's... I'm not a minority, so they... Anyway. In that group, It was I a meant, stupid yeah. joke, yeah, it was a stupid joke. But, it yeah, was, yeah, but yeah. it's one of those things that, like, you just... Anyway. I was just Be thinking, though... Be careful of the white man. If we're talking about... If we're Sorry. If we're Can I say that of here? I have no idea. I don't, no, I don't think anyone gives it. No one gives a shit if you shit uh, on white people. Um, yeah. So we, um, one of the, uh, speaking of hospital dramas, though, the best yeah. one that you will not have heard of is called Doctor's Affairs. It is uh, a one-season hospital drama that's based, it, it's it, what's well, a Japanese one. Um, a few years back, uh, Emily and I found it on Crunchyroll. Oh, right. Just trying to find something stupid to, to, to watch one time when her and... Her husband and a uh, few of actually was was he there? I don't know. We were we were looking for something to watch. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and we found and you that weebs love your anime. Yeah, but it wasn't anime. It was actually it was live action. It was yeah. a live action hospital drama. It was actually really really good. It was about these two like this this new upstart doctor. He was like a dedicated like surgeon. Really wanted to help patients and do all that. And he's being trained by this, you know, older doctor who she came in like he did, but she's kind of become jaded, you know, working in the system as long as she has. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I know it just, it's, it's only like 13 episodes long or something like that. And each one's like an hour. Long. It's just, it's really good. And I think, I don't think it, it had a pretty solid ending at the end of it too, but it, it's much more serious. There's funny bits to it, but it follows like a lot of the drama and the interpersonal and professional relationships between a bunch of the different doctors and the jockeying for position and dealing with the business side of things versus the taking care and of the patients. glass ceiling. What? No. The glass. This is a Japanese series. They don't give a shit about stuff like that. Oh, do they not? I don't know what they're, they're like over there for that kind of thing. No. Um, the Japanese are like it, it. It's a very Japanese series. Like it doesn't prescribe to a lot of the the tropes that you see with uh, stuff over here, which is one of the things why I thought it was more entertaining. Why? What are you laughing at? I can't say. Um, anyway, um, also speaking of, I wonder how the bingo's going at the moment. Oh, I don't know. I haven't heard about that in a while. Hmm. Interesting. But yeah, uh, yeah. Have we got any plans for segment three? We haven't, but it isn't the first time. It is. <laughs> we'll figure something out in the interim. Um, but I think this is probably a good place to end this one because now we're just talking about hospital dramas. Uh, it's anyway. media. Ow. You just hit your leg on your desk. 
I just saw blue. Like, just end the episode. <laughs> just saw him buckle over in pain. All right, this is going to be the end of segment two of the Team CJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again momentarily for segment three. Welcome back to the Team CJ podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card segment, and we thought of something to do. We realize it's been quite a while since we did the uh, long story short uh, little mini game that we've done. Um, partially, I think a lot of our, our routine games that we were doing over and over got thrown off when we did those book reviews for the Red Rising trilogy. Yeah, well, I kind of started coming up with the new ideas because we wanted to keep it fresh, and then we kind of forgot some of the old ideas. Yeah, and this this uh, is one that I think happens. this one I think needed a break too because there's only so many. We, we go through, essentially, stories. six stories per time we do this, and so we're going to run out eventually, uh, in theory. But we're back to it. We've thought of some things that are uh, should be unique. I don't think we're repeating anything this time. Uh, and if we are, you get a new take on it. Yeah. Um, so how do we want to start this? Do you want to go first, or should I? Well, should we roll for it, like we, I think you used to? Go for it. Okay, I'm rolling a d20. What numbers do you want? Odd numbers, even numbers, upper than 10 or lower odd. than 10? I'll take odd. You want odd, okay. It's an 18. Alright, you're first. I guess I'm first. Alright, so my first. Sorry, quick Go. reminder on the rules for everyone. We have a minute and a half to describe the entire story of a either a game, event, movie, TV show, whatever it is. Um... First round, we pick one for ourselves that we know. Second round, we pick one for the other person that they should know. Third round, we pick one for the other person that they probably don't know a whole lot about. So. Okay. Ready? For my first one, I have chosen uh, XCOM. Okay. From the new games onwards. The, the early ones are probably going to be very vague and fly fast, but yeah, the later I'm, ones... I'm assuming you're talking about the, the newest, like the XCOM and XCOM en or XCOM Enemy Unknown, I think is the first one in the new series. Sure. <laughs> there were there were PC games in the early 90s, and I'm assuming you don't mean those. No, I don't. Although I have watched a lot of them. I love Terraform Deep. Oh god, okay. Alright. Ready? Go. Yes. Okay, so... You play as the commander of a uh, force called the XCOM, which are the defense of Earth, uh, decided by um, the nations all over the globe, and they fund you in your defense against the aliens. Um, the aliens come in uh, f with like psychic abilities, and in the first of the new games, you have to you know adapt and take them down. You get to the final mission, you kill the alien bosses, and then suddenly you realize. That was not a version of reality that actually happened. What actually happened is in the first game that you lose and the aliens actually took control. The second game, they now have aliens now have like worldly control. They have all these centers where people are like reconditioned and uh, integrated into this joint society, but they're still very kind of militaristic. Uh, so you are broken. You actually break yourself out of a um, containment facility where they've captured you. Thirty seconds left. Uh, and oh, fuck me! And you're brought back into the task force. You fight a bunch of specialized mobs that are like the generals in the army kind of thing. Uh, you fight them again. You kill them. You actually win this time. Then 
in the latest one, you are part of a police force where you've integrated some of the aliens with you. You play as some aliens and some humans, and you're fighting terrorists in a city, and you have to keep the peace without getting out of control, and then you take down, like, basically these gangs that are trying to disrupt the city. Time. Nice. Well, that went quite well. Yeah, you were, you were like, literally it ticked over to 129 seconds, and you had just finished up. Good job. Hmm. I actually... I started talking about more things beforehand I didn't even think about and then I started talking and it kind of came back. That, that tends to be what happens with this game. We, we get going and then that's when we start to, you know, get into these things. Remember. Um, He's starting to remember. <laughs> I actually was surprised how much I knew about XCOM. Yeah? Um, like, did you know about losing in the first game? Yeah, I did know about that transition. And I know about that mm. from a zero punctuation review. Because um, I think um... I feel like it's very much Yahtzee's kind of game. Oh, he loved it. Yeah, he ended up loving the games. Yeah. Uh, he also did. There, there's. They have a series um, that him and one of his friends in Australia did for a while, where they would just play like very boring games, and so and they would just talk over them, kind of podcast mm. style. Um, sorry, this is a little bit of a tangent here, but <laughs> Yahtzee had modded the .ini file for the game so that the names the randomized names of the operations would come up because it would just be a random it'd be from a just a plain text yeah. list and it would put two words together so yeah. he he modified all of them and uh just put in some funny stuff so they started up a mission and they were playing operation burbling jesus <laughs> <laughs> to be fair you, you get some equally funny ones just from the ones they provide yeah. Kind of, kind of. But he, he didn't queer. he didn't tell his co-host about this, so he thought that was actually in the game. Yeah. Just like what? Anyway. Uh, uh, yeah. So what me, have, what you, have you chosen? Yeah. Do you have a timer ready? Yeah, I got ready. Okay. Um, I've chosen because it's fresh in my memory. Final Fantasy X. Yeah. Uh, this will be challenging for me though, because it is a JRPG and therefore very very long and convoluted. True. So. I mean, I just did three games in one, mate. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's All right. a little bit more of a simple story. Alright, ready. Three, two, one, beep! Final Fantasy X starts you off in a giant megatropolis uh, called Xanarkand. You're the star of some sports team where you play underwater and throw a ball around. No idea how you hold your breath that long. In the middle of the ball game, a giant monster comes and blows up the stadium. Your old friend, uh, who's been like your guardian for a while, you know, helps you. You fight your way through some monsters, and then you get sucked up into the monster, and you find yourself floating in the middle of the ocean and are rescued by some weird people who can't speak whatever language you speak and it's uh whatever and they they kind of constrict you into helping them salvage something from the bottom of the ocean and then another big thing happens and you get knocked off the boat again and thrown in the water then you wake up next to an island and that's where you meet the first of the the real main characters uh you find out that you're in kind of a a more regressed like tribal society where it's very religious and it's all based around that that big monster you saw killing people over and over again um and you're forbidden to use machines or whatever uh you end up meeting up with uh some people uh, this one person who you don't know who she is but her, she's a summoner um and she's part of this whole religious thing she goes on a pilgrimage and gets a whole bunch of power and the job of the summoners is to go on the pilgrimage get to the end and kill the monster uh you go through a whole bunch of stuff 15 seconds Remaining? Yep. Jesus, you give me a 30 second warning at least. I forgot. Alright, you go through all the way to the end, you find out that it's all a big Five conspiracy. Um, you're not real, you're a dream, you kill Sin the hard way, and you free everyone. Stop. <laughs> I, I had to skip all right, over. My bad, I forgot to give you a warning. I always forgot that. Uh, 
You did quite well. Yeah, I, well, I had to I skip over the, the entire second half of the game. I um, actually watched a little bit of someone playing Final Fantasy X, so I've seen that intro cutscene, and it's a pretty cool cutscene. Oh, it is, and the, the music that goes along with it. I love the soundtrack to that game. Mm. Uh, cool, right. Uh, now, are you giving me one, or am I giving you one? I can't remember. I am giving you one, because it's your turn okay. again, but it's now my, my one that I'm giving you. So, yes. you have to describe the story of A Way Out should be also fairly fresh in your memory easy that's a good choice there all right so ready go okay so there's a guy called vincent uh who's being sent to prison for supposedly uh uh bank fraud he meets up with someone called uh the nose in in prison and leo that's the one yep and he's like hey let's buddy up and uh, so we don't get you know fucked over by other people in prison, and also because we have a joint enemy on the outside, uh, we find out that Leo, the reason he, Leo was in prison is because he got betrayed by a gang leader, and that's the same, the gang leader is the one that both of them want to take out. Uh, over several days, they manage to get tools to break out of their prison cell during the night, and so they do. Um, they escape the prison in a high-speed pursuit by the police. Um, they make it to a uh, a, a farmyard, and they steal some old folks' clothes and their car. They then go to the thirty seconds gas station and steal it for some money or something. How what? Thirty seconds left. Thirty seconds. Okay. Uh, they visit Leo's uh, wife and kid. They have heart to heart. They go to a uh, hospital to see Vincent's wife, who's pregnant. They then go to uh, an airship hangar where they get guns, then they go and fight the mob Five bo boss and then they go and kill the mob boss and Leo betrays Vincent betrays Leo, Time. he's actually a secret cop and yeah. yeah and that can end perfectly there because there's, it doesn't know what happens after that it's true, it's true alright, now you're giving me one that I should know something about yes the thing that I have written down for you and I'm willing to let you go up to any point that you want to with it, because I don't know how far you've seen it, uh, is Stargate. Oh, well, I've seen all three series, all the way to the end. Oh, there you go. Then I expect all three series oh, compacted into a, minute 30. It's going to take a while. <laughs> um, Alright, let me know when. Are you ready? Okay. Yep. Three, two, one. Activate. Stargate series uh, takes starts in like the 1920s when in a dig in ancient Egypt they find a uh, giant stone ring with symbols and stuff on it. It you know gets all messed up with World War II and whatever and gets taken to the U.S. and people are trying to figure out what it was. They eventually figure out and manage to activate it. One guy goes through, he gets lost. Nothing gets said about it again until the late 90s when um, some things come out of the the gate and you know kidnap some people out of the the missile silo it's being stored in. So a mission uh, to go and go to the other side and figure out what happened there is put together. They solve the ring. They go in there. They uh, fight off this guy who they find out is imitating an ancient Egyptian god Ra. Um, Forty five seconds. Kill him. Then they move on to like ten years later. Uh, the old team gets brought back in. Um, they realize that this is actually a giant civilization of these things that stole humans away from Earth to make them into slaves. 
Um, they go through wild antics, fighting these guys off. They meet other aliens and become allies. They eventually do defeat them. Um, and then after they defeat them, a new threat comes from another galaxy, and they fight those guys off, and then they live happily ever after. That's the end of season. 15 seconds. That's, that's the first season. They also go to Atlantis and fight off some aliens there. That happens. They also go to a ship on the other side of the universe and all get trapped there. That's it. Okay. I summarize <laughs> the the other two seasons. I just kind of condensed very other two series into fifteen seconds. <laughs> the first season. I mean, most of the time I spent forty five seconds just talking about the movie and the first season um, of the you spent first series. Three quarters of the time talking about the first series. No, no, no. No, no. The first season of the first series and the movie. That was oh, the okay. first 45 seconds. Um, All right. But yeah, because after that thing, it's, just, it's really just an episode-to-episode episode antics after that point. Um, hmm. The third series is by far and away my favorite, but they ran out of money or something and didn't finish it. They were going to finish it with like a comic series, and then they never did. So this. <sighs> anyway. What is my hard assignment? <laughs> Uh, describe the events of Caesar's March on Rome. So I'll, I'll give specific time frames here. So from when Caesar took the 13th... There's no point in giving specific time frames because I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> oh really? You have no idea? No you, idea. You know that Caesar started the Roman Civil War by marching on Rome? No you don't. Okay, wow. I'm How uncultured of you. <laughs> Apparently so. Why don't you, well, just take a guess. Uh, I'll give you some hints. So, Caesar marched on Rome with one reason. <laughs> okay. Why are you laughing? No reason. Go on. Alright. Caesar marched on Rome with one legion. This was the start of the Roman Civil War. His opponent in this was Pompey in the Senate. Um, and he did it out of the campaigning season, so during the winter. Okay. Those are all the hints you get. The, the beginning time is from when he starts marching on Rome, and the end time is from when he takes the city. And he does take the city. I'll give you that hint. Ready? Nope. Let me get the timer out. You're just, you're gonna have to, let's see how good of a bullshit artist you are. Alright, ready? Three, sure. two, one, go. Alright, so Caesar walks up to a legion, a legion, right? And he's like, alright, execute order 34. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they all start following him after he stabs the the legionary in charge because uh, they're like, hey, he's a cool kid. He's got force powers. Uh, we'll follow him into Rome. Uh, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, he did it in winter, so everyone was tucked up in bed at home. And uh, he, he, I don't know, he, he waited until everyone was out at the, the public bath sauna thing. Then he, he opened a window and all the generals got hypothermia and died. <laughs> uh, then he marched into the palace. 45 seconds. Stabbed a few guards and was like, hey, I'm the new king because ruled by the sword, bitches. And he put a, uh, a ring of, I don't know, leaves on his head. And everyone was like, that kid's crazy. I want him in charge because he's going to lead us to glory. 
Then he used force lightning on everyone. <laughs> 15 seconds left. <laughs> no, I'm calling it that. I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, mate. Okay, okay. Sorry, I thought this was a very well-known historical event. No. <laughs> um, so, he didn't have to stab anyone. He, he was already the commander of that legion. He actually commanded quite a few more legions than that. Um, and the reason the winter was significant, it's Italy, so it's not cold. But it was significant because um, they didn't have a ready army prepared to meet him. Oh, I could have made a Game of Thrones reference. I missed it. Yeah. Shit. Um, I got Rule 34 and Star Wars in there. You did. Yeah, you mixed in a lot there. <laughs> Sorry. When I said bullshit, I was expecting you to like to, like go with uh, something historically. Like when you say someone marches on Rome with a legion, that's kind of self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. I guess, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm so deep into, like, history stuff that I, I guess I just don't realize what isn't obvious. Um, but yeah. Alright, we'll call that one a fail. What do you have for me? A fail for you? Yeah, that no, was not I'd, a fail for me. I'll take it, it's a fail for me. <laughs> uh... Now I feel like the one I'm giving you is way too fucking easy. Maybe I should just make it just ridiculously well, okay. fucking hard. This is literally one of the most well-known portions of Roman history. Like this is like that. Sh- this Bullshit. is something that shows up in every single history class. And like, I'm surprised. Romulus and Remus, uh, the death of Caesar. Okay, Romulus and Remus uh, is one that I knew nothing about until like late in my adult life. They don't even talk about that shit. I could have done Caesar's march into Britain. Like, do they? Do they have if that? If it's in horrible history. It's well known. If it's what? On horrible history. I've never heard of that. Thing you have over there. Okay. Um, it's an attempt to get kids to learn history, and it was actually quite good. Hmm. Um, right. You know, I ain't gonna make it harder now, because fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> I just, it's it's a it's a well known historical event. I thought you would know at least a little bit about it. Oh god, he's looking something up. This is... Alright. Uh... That doesn't help. Okay, okay, I won't be too mean, because honestly I don't even understand it. Um... How? Out of curious, like, are you are you throwing out the one that you had before? Because if you are, then I'm curious what it was. Okay, I'll give you the one we did before. I expect you to do the entire uh, life cycle of Matt Smith as Doctor Who. Okay. Which is far too generous. That's going to be tricky. I remember the early Bullshit. bits. You just finished watching it. <laughs> no, I didn't get to the end. I got I got bored. Um... Okay, sure. Got a minute thirty. Ready? Yep. Three, two, one, go. Okay, Doctor gets reincarnated as Matt Smith. Um, he crashes the TARDIS in the yard of some Scottish girl. Gets out, goes, chats with her, um, runs back into his ship, fiddles around with it, uh, eats a whole bunch of weird food in her house, goes back into the ship, says he's going to go forward a little bit, ends up going forward like nine years or something like that. Meets up with her again when she's a 20-something or teenage. I don't remember how old she is. And then a bunch of stuff happens. They go on wacky adventures. And he realizes that she... Well, I'm, just, I'm hitting the major plot points. Because the, the Monster of the Week shit doesn't matter. 
Um, he realizes that the reason her house was empty and she lived in this big house is her family was being eaten by a crack in the wall. And it turns out that the time, time was collapsing and they blew something up. So they reset time and fixed stuff. Um, then in the next season, he's like old and he meets up with what? And then he, um, I don't know the lore that well. I don't know how detailed you want me to get. Um, there's these silent things that you forget about when you don't look at them. Uh, he's also he also gets killed in the beginning of the season when he's like a thousand years old, and the whole series is about them trying to figure out why he got killed and work with his younger self to prevent it from happening. And then ten seconds. Uh, then everyone forgets about him in the season after that, and he goes off on wacky adventures. And I cannot, for the life of me, remember how his arc ends. Okay, so. What I was initially getting frustrated at was the whole crack in the wall thing was a big fucking thing. Yeah, I don't remember much about it. Uh, the Weeping Angels. Yeah, but, but again, the Weeping Angels weren't a huge part of it. Like, I was skipping over the, the Monster of the Week stuff to go for the major plot points. No, but the Weeping Angels were part of the crack in the wall thing. They show um, up in a crack in the wall episode. And like so the... does her child, River Song, a lot. Which they also dropped that bomb. Yeah, that that's and but, they married River Song to the Doctor. Yeah, that also happens, but that happens in the season after the crack in the wall stuff, because the crack in the wall stuff they that gets resolved by the explosion, and time like you know being Pandora's eliminated. box. Yep, that, and but then the next <laughs> the next season is where they talk about them being married and where they deal with um, like their kid, and then there's the the spacesuit thing that shoots them in the beginning and which is river song yeah and also him running out of lives and then begging and then being given just more lives that's by the uh... that's the ending okay that's what i couldn't remember i couldn't remember how they transitioned him from from matt smith to the scottish guy peter Capaldi or capaldi capaldi yeah, yeah. anyway um very disappointed. <laughs> I didn't finish the series. I got bored. And moved on. I've Fair seen enough. the whole thing before, but it's been quite a few years. Yeah. Well, I haven't seen it in... I think... Did me and Alicia rewatch it all? I think. Maybe. Mm. Damn. We actually finished that pretty quickly today. Yeah, yeah. That was... Um, There's not much more to it. Uh, I've been I think... thinking about... Um... Go I feel like normally when we do this segment, we do a little bit more like just chatting in the middle of it hmm I would think about going to watch um Squid Game yeah I haven't seen it yes. yet have you I want to I want to see that like really oh, bad okay. now. well maybe we can watch it together or watch it separately and then talk about it on one of the yeah. episodes yeah Juan, um, Juan finished it and he recommended it I, I've seen various people talking about it online it seems like it'd be it'd be really really good um it sounds like just a, a mix between um Hunger Games and Black Mirror. In fact, it sounds a lot like a particular episode of Black Mirror. It's I'd go not Hunger Games. I'd go back to the original um, Battle Royale, the the Japanese movie. Right, I've it, not seen the original too. It's um yeah, I think so. Battle Royale is is where the term Battle Royale comes from. Um, yeah. At least in the the sense of what happens when you play in a video game. It's, at least I think it is. But yeah, these these kids um like high school st students get basically bussed off um to an island they're all they all 
grab a pack and run out into the island, and it's last person alive gets off the island. That's it. And it's yep. random what's For in the pack. For a lot of money. Uh, well, that's Squid Game. In oh, sorry, I thought that's what we took. <laughs> no, no, in Battle Royale, the, the prize is just to live. Oh. Why would they agree to it? Or were they, like, press-ganged? The, yeah, they, they were. They were press-ganged. They, they were just shipped off. They thought they were going to a field trip, and then they end up there. Um, oh. And I think the, the plot device for it in Battle Royale is that society is becoming too decadent, and they need to, you know, call the herd, make the people better. I can't remember the plot. The plot is there's a bunch of people on an island killing each other. Um, mm. But Squid Game, yeah, you're right. In that one, there's a money aspect to it, so they get lured into the game. Um, yeah, I think that's that's kind of what a lot of these Battle Royale-esque things are going for these days, is that that's, that's the great reward, is just more money. I think it'd be nice to see some kind of, I don't know, like, social, well, like, epic social standing or something if if you complete this. Or... Yeah, yeah, but it, it doesn't really matter what the reward is, because the whole point of shows like that is to explore, like, human nature. Like, what happens well, yeah, exactly. when you I think people... it's drawing a larger group of people. Because if, it, if it's just about money, you're generally just going to get kind of shallow-esque characters. Or maybe people who are trying to get out of poverty. Crafted. Yeah, it depends. You're going to get all all walks of life. Like, the money is, is not really the important plot point there. The important plot point is how the people act once Interact they're in Interact with each other. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you put them in that kind of an intense survival scenario. Hmm. But... What was the other thing we were talking about? I just told you. Oh, Digimon. We can talk about that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's right. They, they're remaking the original Digimon series. Very excited. Yeah, and I... In fact, I think they've actually already finished it. Yeah, I've looked on, um, it was 2020, I looked on Crunchyroll before this, and before we started this segment, and yeah, they've got all the way up to, like, episode 67 or something like that, but it mm. looks good. I watched the, the theme song in, like, the first two minutes of the first episode, and they've definitely made it look better, but they've captured the style of the original pretty well. Yeah, also, so, slight spoilers, but, I mean, it's a pretty old fucking series, mm. uh... The at the end of the the series, um, only Garumon and Agumon, Agumon, yeah, Greymon. That's the word I was looking for. Get their uh, step above ultimate. Mm. Whereas I think now everyone has their step above ultimate come out. Yeah, the Mega Evolutions only were for yeah for those two in the original series because yeah, and they've also got some slightly different versions or something. Yeah, they, they've. I guess they've. It sounds like they've modernized it a little bit. As long as like the major kind of plot points and the characters are the same, I'm. I'm I'll be interested well, in seeing a fresh take on it. That's one thing I did hear that because I've just heard like a review on the th series as a whole, so I don't know details about it. Apparently, and this is something that really annoyed me about the original series, the focus on Ty is even stronger now. And he's like one of the least well, for me at I least, he was one of the character. he was one of the least likable characters. But he's like yeah. the the default um, like shonen anime protagonist. Yeah, he's very vanilla, very bland. Um, and but then the husband's like, oh, but it's it's not entirely on Tai. The the second kind of step characters that are focused on mm. are Joe and Mimi. <laughs> Two of the other least likable characters. The other two most insufferable characters. Like, um... What's her name? Blue Helmet Girl. Sora. Sora, yeah. Sora was fucking cool. Matt was fucking cool. Uh, shut up. 
<laughs> uh, who else was there? Cody. Cody was pretty cool. But he was also... But, wasn't he just like... He was a little kid. Like I mean, he was, they all, they're all... No, but he was the age. youngest. Like, he was a grade below... He was Ty's little brother. No, no, no. That's, um... Someone else. Oh. Uh, Cody is the redhead kid of the coding. Was his name Cody? I thought, I thought his name started with an I. Like Izzy or Iggy. Izzy... Oh, no, you're right. Izzy is... Yeah, 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 you're right. Something like that. I think. I don't know. Yeah, Izzy is the, the coding guy. Um... Yeah, like, I don't know. Even Matt's younger brother, I quite liked him as well. Um, yeah, he's the one I'm thinking. It wasn't Ty's younger brother. It was Matt. Ty had a younger sister. Uh, oh, yeah, that was in the original series. Oh, it was briefly, yeah, she... but, like, right at the end. Uh, well, she came in in season two. She was the one that got the cat. Yeah, I think... I think this... That that's like the very end of 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 I think where they've got up to with this I, one. I think because I when I think of this um, season, I think of up till the point where they introduce like four new characters, and they change the intro. That's the point that I think they've gone up to like before that. Okay, because um, so you do meet her at the end when they're in the city in the real world, but before that, not really. It looks like, just looking at it on, on Crunchyroll, it looks like they do go up to that point, though. Oh, really? Have they got the new the new kids with, like, the armadillo? Oh, no, Digimon? no, no, no. They haven't gotten nearly that far. That's that's a ways oh, okay. further. It looks like they've just done the entire series with the, like, the original kids. Because yeah. if I remember right from the original series, uh, Ty's sister comes in about halfway through, and it looks like that's what happens here. I think she comes in a lot later. Like, you see her... At one point, when there's like he he goes back to the the real world, talks to her for a bit, and then he fucks off back to the Digimon world. But she doesn't actually join them until way later. Yeah, I think. Well, they either condense the series or, um, like, because it's when they're fighting Mutismon. Yep, yep, that's where she shows up, and that's it. Looks like that's around episode thirty-four ish. And he is the the last arc well not the last arc there's one more arc and that's the um, machine Dramon slash joker slash wood puppet guy arc so it's kind of it's not the last arc but it's the one before that yeah yeah i'm looking it um, looks like they've recreated everything up until the yeah it looks like they've, they've gotten all the way to the end of this the entire series with the original uh seven also apparently devmon plays more of a part because you know when Angemon fights Devmon in the first, the end of the first arc? He just punches him in the chest and that's it. Well, apparently he, like, fuses into Angemon. They're, like, old friends. But, like, Devmon talks to them occasionally from his head. Sorry, that's a bit of a spoiler, but... Uh, it honestly be nice to see kind of a level of duality to um, Angemon. Yeah. Because at the moment he's kind of just a stuck-up brick. <laughs> Come on. All right. Well, we just we're kind of just talking about random shit now. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll watch this and talk about it a little bit more in subsequent podcasts. But for now, mm. um, this is going to be the end of segment no of episode sixty four of the Team CJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you'll hear us again next week. Digivolve.